Da, 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 da. Oh, there we go, there we go. Alright. Oh. Let's start here. So the Rays win last night. And I mean, they wanted to play in Canada earlier and just earlier this year. The Rays are not playing in Canada. This is why Ben Leonard are stupid. This team's absolutely marketable. The team's absolutely mar team is absolutely marketable. The Rays would be there was a guy a while ago. Oh, the 99 cent store diet. That's what this team is. Stop! Kenny!
garbage eggs. Cool, 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 cool. I'm ready in six minutes. Thursday with Hard Found. Thank you for checking in with us today. Thank you for giving us some of your time to listen to the stuff I have to say about sports. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank you for anybody that's been watching the YouTube videos. Um, yeah, new schedule, 4 a.m. lifestyle. Uh, it's working out. It's a lot of fun. I love recording. I love talking about this stuff. And I thank you guys for all joining me today. So let's get started. The Tampa Bay Rays beat the Oakland Athletics last night, 5-1. to one, And we're going to get into a Major League Baseball preview here as far as now that we have the wild card games out of the way, uh, I will be breaking down how I feel about the postseason. But we're going to focus right now on what Tampa Bay did last night. So Tampa won 5-1. to one, And it was just the most Tampa Bay thing possible. Tampa Bay, since about 07, 08, when Joe Madden got there, has been the team that's just a little bit different. They're the guy, they're the team that has your catcher hit leadoff, and they'll put your power hitter at seventh. They'll put guys who run at the third hole. I mean, they got guys who hit who have only hit 10 home runs all year, and they'll hit cleanup. It's amazing. And they were one of the originators of the big defensive shifts. You saw it again last night where they just don't have a guy on the left side of the infield. They're just like, hey, left-handed hitter. We know he's going to hit right. Forget the left-handed. Forget the left side of the They almost pulled the outfielders completely away. They almost played like eight guys on just one side of the field. Tampa is the guy who's smarter than everyone. But can't tell everybody he's smarter than everyone. And really, he's not. no one's going to consider him smarter than everyone until it's that time. No one thought Mark Zuckerberg was smarter than everyone when he was trying to talk to his friends across campus. Lo and behold, X amount of billions of dollars later, and you have Facebook. No one thought Jeff Bezos was one of the smartest people on the planet until, lo and behold, a couple billion dollars later, Amazon, which started as just a bookstore online. No one thought he was a genius when he was selling books. 
No one thought Steve Jobs was a genius when he was being let go by Apple. Pixar going back to Apple, a couple billion dollars and an iPhone later, all of our iPhones, rest in peace, Steve Jobs is a genius. Now what do a lot of geniuses have in common? And just a lot of people who do really impressive things, what do they have in common? We've heard since forever, necessity is the mother of invention. And the Tampa Bay Rays are the perfect example of this. Tampa Bay does not have, I've came on here several times and talked about how the Major League Baseball not having a salary cap, how just really unfair it is. But Tampa Bay has the lowest payroll in baseball. Not the lowest payroll of the eight postseason teams. Not the lowest payroll in their division. They have the lowest payroll in baseball. What do you think about that for a second? <laughs> so they have less than everybody else and still find a way to do more. Let me say something here. There is Joe Alvita. Alvita, I'm sorry. Alvita, if I'm saying his name incorrectly, I apologize. If you're not familiar with him, he's the man who he's in Los Angeles, and a couple years ago, he broke out the 99-cent store diet. If you've seen diets, most diets are either really expensive, take a lot of time, a lot of energy. There's, there's multiple varying factors that go into diets, even though dietitians and trainers will tell you cost isn't a thing when it comes to diets. That's because it's not their money. Joe Vita made the 99 cent store diet in which he was able to effectively shop for himself for under $40 a week. And he shed in the course of 18 months, 250 pounds. No one would say that he was a genius before he lost 250 pounds. No one was going to say he was smarter, more innovative before he lost the weight, before when he was going to the 99 cent store. People probably looked at him crazy like, what are you doing? You're shopping at the 99 cent store for diet food, for healthy food? What? When the Tampa Bay Rays were the Devil Rays, no one looked at them and said, ah, you see, that's the team that we're all going to start to follow. This whole sabermetrics run started with Tampa Bay. I know Moneyball had an impact, but Moneyball is different than some of the sabermetrics and defensive shifting that we see now, which the majority of that started in that 07-08 team with Joe Madden, uh, Andrew, I always forget the president's name, who's now with the Dodgers. That started with Tampa Bay. And they had to do something like the 99 cent store diet. They only got $50 million for the entirety of their roster. The Yankees are paying more than $80 million to guys who were just on the disabled list. I mean, the Red Sox and Dodgers were over $230 million in payroll. Shout out to the Athletics. I don't want to discredit them. They are also in a situation where they have... They're the 26th or 27th highest payroll in baseball. And they're doing the same thing where they got to get guys to maximize guys on rookie deals. And both teams have had 
during their runs of success, the unfortunate side effect of which is we have to trade guys once they get too good. Tampa Bay has the number one prospect in baseball. Again. They had David Price. They had they acquired through trade trading pieces of Will Myers, who was a number a three prospect, I believe, at the time they got him. This team does trades. They pinch their pennies. They're smarter than everybody else. They are the 99 cent store diet. Their saber metrics and their math team is the Steve Jobs or the Mark Zuckerberg or the Bezos. And now their reward for being so smart, so efficient, so well managed, just playing so well. And they had an error last night, but that's not reflective of the team. Got all these guys who can do, which is even more impressive thing is, they get guys to buy in when the guys definitely aren't buying in because they're paid well. We've talked about it here on the show before. You can keep guys happy one of two ways. I've said this several times. You can either keep them happy because they get to play the way they want to play, or you can just pay them so much money they shut up and just they it's a job. They're happy. And Tampa Bay can't they can't just pay people. And they just find a way to get guys that just want to play. And they're like, hey, if you could bat 260, 270, give us 10 to 20 home runs, play maybe second base, third base, and even possibly some outfield, you're perfect. It's a team of utility guys. They just think better than everybody else. They plan better than everybody else. They're more efficient than everybody else. And their reward is they get to run into the buzzsaw, which is another $200 million-plus payroll in the Houston Astros. Segwaying to the Houston Astros. Everything I just said about Tampa Bay was the Astros. The Astros went through this long, extremely long period of time for pretty much the majority of my childhood, from probably 06 to 2012, 2013, where they were just terrible. I mean, they had three consecutive 100 loss seasons, maybe maybe four, correct me if I'm wrong. They were really bad. But they knew what they were doing. We're going to be bad. We're going to get some prospects. We're going to start looking into this math stuff, this metric stuff. Start, you know, maybe trade for a guy here, trade for a guy there, uh, get some pitchers, and we're going to do it. The Cubs also had this opportunity five years ago, and I thought the Cubs were going to blow it out the park, and they were going they were just going to be the best example of what Tampa Bay with money looks like. The Cubs five years ago got Joe Madden, uh, Andrew Friedman, there's the president's name. Uh, they got... Uh, Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant, Addison Russell, Javier Baez, Kyle Schwarber traded for Hayward. Hayward uh, signed for, signed Jason Hayward. I mean, the Cubs are going to be it. They won a World Series in their second year with Joe Madden. It was going to be the team of the decade. And then I don't know what happened. But bring it over to the American League. The Astros trade for Verlander. 
have Keuchel, uh, Bregman, Correa, Guriel, Colby Rasmus they traded for, George Springer. And they started to use sabermetrics and they started to draft. Well, after losing all those times, multiple top five draft picks, they had a system. They believed in it. The system came from Tampa Bay. Difference being, the difference between Houston and Chicago, between them and the difference between them and Tampa, well, they can throw $200 million at their payroll. So when this team's not breaking up anytime soon, they can pay George Springer, they can pay Alex Bregman, they can pay Carlos Correa the $100, $150, 200000000 million contracts. The Astros are one of the best teams. And this four-year window, because the Astros also won a World Series, uh, we'll just take a three-year window, say from their last World Series win in 2015, which I will say here on this show, we predicted as soon as they traded for Justin Verlander, I predicted the Astros to win the World Series. Uh, I have a very similar result this year as well. The Astros not only have this young core, similar to what the Cubs did, which is, okay, you know what? We hit on a lot of our position players. Let's go use this extra money and resource, and we'll just go out and get our pitchers, Verlander, Cole, Granky. I talked about Tampa Bay to start transitioning into Houston. Houston is Tampa Bay with money, and I think that's the only reason why they're going to win this next series, but I think... Out of the entirety of the playoffs, mark my words, this is going to be the best series. This is Tampa Bay is the only team that has a chance of beating the Astros. That's how good the Astros are. That's how good Tampa Bay is. And that's a $150 million disparity in payroll. And this is going to be the best series in the entire postseason. And that's with the Astros being able to run out, which should almost be thought of as unfair, Verlander. Cole Grinky. This might be the best set of starting pitchers in terms of postseason dynamic to go all the way back to the Phillies when the Phillies got Halliday, rest in peace, uh, Cliff Lee, and Cole Hamels. And then for a team you want to talk about, a team that actually won the World Series, those Phillies teams underperformed in most people's eyes. If you want to talk about a team that won the World Series, you have to go back to the 09 Yankees when they had Sabathia, Burnett, and Pettit. And they were one of, at that time, the first teams to run a three-man rotation for the playoffs. And they ran through the playoffs. Sabathia was in his prime. Burnett was dominant. Pettit wasn't dominant, but still great even at his age. This Astros team is a juggernaut. This Astros team is a buzzsaw. And this Astros team, when they play the Rays, they should really just, everyone should, they should shake every single person on the Rays. Uh, coaching staff, front office, anyone involved, they should shake their hand and say, thank you. Because you gave us the blueprint to do this. We just have bigger checks. That's how it goes sometimes. This is Hard Fought Radio. Appreciate you for tuning in. Um, much more to come. We have some baseball predictions. I have a rant about how I think it's really stupid and it keeps getting more stupid how people react on Twitter with sports and 
Something only I would understand as always to close out the show. Appreciate you guys for listening. This is Hard Fire Radio. We'll be back momentarily. Good morning, you are listening to Hard Foul Radio. Appreciate you for joining us today. So, I want to get into how stupid Twitter and people's reactions and just the way we assess stuff. Uh, and, and I probably shouldn't give it so much time, but I, I'm going to. I, I got I have my own little rant here. Um, But we also got more stuff we got to talk about here on the docket before that. Uh, still... Some stuff about Todd Gurley, and also, why we're all supposedly hating on James Harden. That's also coming up here. But let's start this hour off. I said this hour off. Let's start this segment off with the MLB playoff preview. Uh, I will, I do have the right to change my mind, obviously, if I'm just proven to be wrong, and the team loses, I will preview and break down the next series. Excuse me. If, obviously, if I'm wrong. But, I'm going to be wrong. I think this is one of the most clear-cut playoffs we've had in quite a while. Um, so, yeah. Let's start with it. First series in the National League, we have the Dodgers and Nationals. The Dodgers are buzzsaw of the National League. We talked earlier about how great the Astros are. The Nationals, while they are a great story, great second half, great September, uh, Soto is going to be crazy for the that good at only 20 years old. Anthony Rendon is an MVP candidate. Max Scherzer is one of the greatest pitchers that I, I'm unfortunately I feel like is going to be lost to time because of he's pitching at the same time as like a Kershaw, a Bumgarner, uh, also Verlander over in the American League. I feel like he'll have more of like the King Felix impact of. If you watched him, you'll know how great he was. I don't know how well time will hold up. Uh, but the Dodgers are a buzzsaw. I have... This is one of my easier picks. I got the Dodgers winning this series. I have it going 3-0. I just really don't see how the Nationals win. Dodgers have been the best team in the National League from start to finish the regular season. They've been in the World Series the last two years. They're ready. There's just no one stopping them. Nationals, 
or Dodgers sweep the Nationals 3-0. This is going to be some great hard right and hard left material for next week, you guys. Braves, Cardinals, this one I think is going to be a much more competitive series. I believe this one goes to game five, and this is the only one of the five that I'm saying goes, or only one of the four series I'm saying goes to game five. I am a really big believer in what the Atlanta Braves have going. I believe they're young talent. I believe they're coaching. I am believe in just the success formula that Atlanta has created. I'm going to go with the cliche, though. I think they're still too young. I think Acuna's going to be the best player to be on the field at any given point in time. But I think the way the Cardinals play, I think it's going to be a couple of one-run games. And I trust the Cardinals more in one-run games. More veterans, more guys that have been there, guys that have done it. The style of play, them and Tampa Bay are the only two teams really that are playing not just hit as many home runs as we can. Who cares about strikeouts? Like, the Cardinals get on base. They can run. They pitch the situations defensively. Uh, I have the Cardinals winning in 5-3-2 over Atlanta. The Twins and Yankees. Uh, the Yankees just have the Twins number. And there's all these articles. You read them all throughout the year. The Twins are going to finally beat the Yankees. This is their year. They're going to do it. They're going to be great. And, and, and no, they're not. I, I don't see the Twins pulling this out. Yes, the Twins have a very potent lineup. Uh, the Yankees have the better overall team. The Yankees have the playoff experience. The Yankees have clearly the better bullpen. And Yankees take this. I'll say this, Minnesota. It's your guys' year to get a game. Yankees win the series 3-1. Astros, Rays. I think... This will be the best series of the first round. But I think the Astros take it in four. I think the I think the individual games... Because people think, oh, if it goes in game five, game seven, it's great. No, that's not true. I watched, when I was younger, a Miami-Philadelphia series where every single game was a blowout, but it went to seven games. So, no. Just going five games, seven games does not mean that it's a good series. This series will only be four games, but it'll be the best four games we get of postseason baseball until the World Series. The Rays and Astros do so many different do so many things alike. I just said the Astros basically have the Rays formula, uh, just have more money to throw at it, and I think that's really the only difference. There's this hundred fifty million dollar buzzsaw in payroll that the Rays have to overcome just to get to where the Astros are. The Astros clearly. As much as Char as great as Charlie Warren's been this season, as uh, Blake Snell, who's coming back, as great as he was last year, I mean, they're running out Verlander, Cole, Granke. It's just it's just too much money. I don't know what to tell you. But I do need the Rays to get a game. Uh, probably game three at home is what I would say. And series goes to the Astros 3-1. So going into the NLCS. Cardinals, Dodgers. I don't have anything else to say about the Dodgers. They're just they're just better than everybody in the National League right now. And it's just very clear to see. If you look at the Dodgers, who could have made a case if they win either of the last two World Series, 
They're one of the greatest teams of all time. Instead, they lose to what's arguably two of the greatest teams of all time. They lost to a 108-win Red Sox team. That's arguably one of the greatest teams of all time. And the 2017 Astros were also one of the greatest teams of all time. And when I say greatest teams of all time, if you look at the last three World Series winners, look how great those rosters are. Look at the Cubs, the Astros, and the Red Sox. Position players, coaching, managers, front office, ownership. Look how great they've been. And that's who the Dodgers are losing to. If you are not in the historically great conversation, you are not beating this Dodgers team the way they currently are. And this Dodgers team just needs a World Series ring to vindicate being in that all-time greatest teams. Dodgers over Cardinals 3-1. I'll give the Cardinals a game. I really like what the Cardinals do. Uh, play baseball what is considered the quote-unquote the correct way. Giving them one game. Dodgers win 3-1. Astros, Yankees. I think the Astros sweep here. I believe the pitching, the style of pitching, the power pitching from Verlander, Cole, and then the off-speed of Grinky. And then shuts down the Yankees lineup almost completely. And I said, I said 3-1, I'm sorry. 4-1 for the Dodgers over the Cardinals. My mistake. Uh, the Astros, Yankees. I believe the Yankees, despite as much power as they have, I think the Astros pitching overcomes that. I think the Astros top to bottom are better positionally than the Yankees. And Astros take this 4-0. As I said, and the Astros are one of the best teams in Best teams that we've ever seen, especially over this last three years. And now you add Granky with them. I just I just think it's the toughest games in the Astros are gonna play are against the Rays. World Series. Astros versus Dodgers. And I will break this down more throughout the World Series. I'll be doing game by game uh previews and uh post takes. But going into it. Astros Sorry. But the Astros and uh Dodgers I think are both two of the best teams that we've had in a while. I keep saying this, both historically relevant, both historically great. I think the Astros it it is just really hard to overcome when I can throw three game starters, Verlander, Cole, Granky up there, and I'm just secured for six, seven innings each start, and I have an offense that maybe against anybody except Kershaw, I know Ryu's been fantastic this year. I'm getting three, four runs. So positionally, I have an advantage. Pitching, I have an advantage. Just top to bottom rosters. I think this Astro is one of the best teams ever. Uh, Astros over the Dodgers, 4-1. Just don't tell my girlfriend. She lives with me. She's a big Dodgers fan. She'll be heartbroken. Let's go from baseball to football. And something I'm really tired of hearing, and this player also voiced that he was tired of hearing these same exact sentiments. All I've heard the last couple days is, what are the Rams going to do with Todd Gurley? He's got a bad contract. He can't play anymore. I mean, it's just all bad. 
What are they going to do? They have to get rid of him, but they can't get rid of him. He's already past his prime. He's a shot fighter. He's this. He's that. He's every, he's, the, he's all this stuff. Okay. Okay. So, and this is, I will get into my Twitter rant on the other side of next segment. But this is where we are with the Rams, and this is where we are with reactions and hot takes and everybody just wanting to be right. This is where we are. Todd Gurley is apparently, he's a shot fighter. Shot fighter. Can't do it anymore. Todd Gurley is overpaid. Okay. So, and I just want to ask the guy, excuse me, who in 2018 had 21 touchdowns, the guy in 2017 who had 19 rushing touchdowns, these are just rushing touchdowns, not even counting receiving, the guy who's got three touchdowns in four games. But the Rams, who were undefeated, lost a game. Fair enough, a game they probably shouldn't have to the Buccaneers. But now they're 3-1, and one, so let's rip them. This is how fickle fans are. The media is. Everything's either okay if you win on Sunday, or if you don't win on Sunday, everything is just terrible. The world's falling out. Like, what? I mean, where? How just, how stupid are people? Like, how stupid are people? I don't want to do this now, but we're going to do this now. How, just, how dumb and idiotic can you be to be this critical of Todd Gurley, who's got 219 yards, three touchdowns, averaging 4.5 yards an attempt? Let me tell you how many running backs would love to have Todd Gurley's number and be in Todd Gurley's position. I said earlier this week that I believe the, what the Rams are doing is this. They are lim personally limiting Todd Gurley because they saw what it was like when they burned Todd Gurley out weeks 1 through 15. And yes, clearly he was not the same 16, week 16 through the Super Bowl. But let me tell you something. Most running backs carries 1 to 300 are different than carries 300 to 400. Carries 0 to 100 are different than carries 200 to 300. Yeah, after you get hit 300 times, you're you're probably you're probably an extra step slow. Sorry. That's just reality. But at 3 and 1 at 3 and 1 coming off a of Super Bowl at 3 and 1 you were just undefeated until last week. Have a chance to go to 4 and 1 tonight. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, it's all it's all not now Sean McVay can't coach. Now Todd Gurley's not good. That's where we're at. It's not enough that we're in such a blind, Twitter-making 
decision and thought process that, oh, if you don't win a title every year, you're just not good. Or if you don't win this title, you falling off. Now you could just lose a regular season game and you're not that good. Now you can lose a regular season game and 40 touchdowns over the last two years don't mean anything. Look, to show you how stupid this is, Pete Alonzo, the rookie for the Mets, hit 53 home runs as a rookie. That's a lot of home runs. That's really impressive. I mean, that is really impressive. And they celebrate it. And what's Twitter say? <laughs> I know you 53 home runs, but you're going to be on the bench in the playoffs. He, he's a rookie. And he's not exactly a premier prospect. He was a guy who probably didn't think he was going to be on a major league team two years ago. Has 53 home runs. And we're knocking him because he can't win in the playoffs. We're knocking him because he didn't make the playoffs. Hell, the Rams make the Super Bowl. But because they lose, they're not good anymore. What is our standard? Because there's no longer such a thing as realistic expectations. I mean, I'm a Pelicans fan. And I love what I've seen from Zion. Not even not even saying he's going to come out here and put up 20 and 10 the first year. Not saying he's going to have some crazy statistical stat line. But he's bought in. There's hope. There's The team is clearly better than where they were last year. But if he goes, <laughs> if they if they open the season 500, 5-5, five and five, uh, is Zion going to pan out? If he doesn't score 30 points a game his first 20 games, is he, is he that good? Should he be more than a one overall pick? I mean, there's nothing you can do anymore to be considered great. Unless you're flipping Tom Brady and you're going to the Super Bowl every two years and winning one every three years. I mean, he just can't be great. And even Tom Brady, they're like, you know what? I know he's the greatest of all time, but he's really not that good anymore. He's really not that good anymore. He was just that good. To do oh, my gosh. And then there's people who they even say about Patrick Mahomes. Matthew Stafford made a pass this weekend through four Chiefs defenders, and it was an amazing pass. Great throw. Great touchdown. And they were like, you see, there's other guys that can do it, not just Mahomes. How stupid are you? See, y'all don't deserve sports. The Twitter crowd that just likes to criticize everything, the Twitter crowd that's just never happy, y'all don't deserve sports. You don't. Watching sports, being around it, being a part of it, that's some of the most fun shit to me. And y'all just don't fucking deserve it. Ingrateful assholes. I hate Twitter. I'm going to go tweet right now saying that I hate Twitter. We'll be back here on Hardfile Radio. Thank you for listening to us today. We'll be back momentarily.
We are back here at Hard File Radio. Got a couple more things to close out the show. Uh, first one being James Harden. Uh, he was talking to reporters, and he was talking about his signature move, the travel. And James Harden was talking to us about, or telling the media about how everybody's just hating on him. Just because the move looks awkward, we've never seen it before, the fact we call it traveling or discredit it means we are all haters. I, I'm a hater. I, the world's I guess hater. The people that can clearly see you shuffling your feet and doing, I mean, man, you took a double step back in the game. You took a double step back. In an NBA game, and you have the nerve to say that it's we're, we're hating because we call it a travel. The, the ref should call it a travel. Everybody who sees it should call it a travel because you know why? It's a travel. I don't knock players who are like, they're just sick of everything that goes on with the media and Twitter and social media. And they're just like, you know what? Everyone just always seems to be on me. Forget you guys. You don't even understand it. Yada, yada. I'm fine. I get it. But just say it's that. You guys are going to criticize me anyway. And the refs don't call it. So I'm a travel. Just be honest. Hey, you guys are going to hate me anyway. I don't got an NBA body. I'm not super athletic, but I can shoot, and the refs don't call travels anymore, so I'm going to do a triple step back next season. Just call it what it is. But to say that we're haters because we call that move, I mean, there is there is a lot of stuff. James, that's, that's not hate. That's not hate. Now, you haven't helped yourself out, and I do think James Harden, I think you're a great player. I, I hate the way that you play. I'll say that much. I hate the drive, flop at the rim, shoot 15 free throws, and then if you're not going to drive to the rim because you're tired, you're just going to shoot 23s. You are going to do this awkward step-back travel move. But I won't. I will also say that with you can shoot better than 99%, the 95 to 98% of the league. You do have, when it doesn't look, as you would say, awkward, a good handle. You do are able to draw contact and get to the line when it's not being exaggerated for the refs. I used to love watching James Harden play. When he first got those first two seasons in Houston, I used to love watching James Harden play. I used to love when I was playing 2K, I would pick James Harden to start my team. But, you know, a couple thousand travels and some awkward step backs and some suggested flopping. Yeah, no, it's no longer one of my players to watch. It's no longer... Uh, one of the guys I think is exciting to see ball on the court. He's great. But, as they would say on the internet, this take, this ain't it.
Now for something that actually I think a lot of us understand. I've done more ranting than normal on today's episode. So let's end on a positive note. October is the best month of all the months. And I don't even care about Halloween like that. October is sports month. What I mean by October is sports month, October is the only month of the year we get Major League Baseball, the NFL, the NBA, we have college football. It's just amazing. It's just amazing. This is the only time of the year, excuse me, where if you love sports, and I love my sports, you get your fill no matter what you're doing. I'm not the biggest college football fan, but I get to watch the big college football games on the weekend. Not might not be the biggest baseball person, but I have playoff baseball. I might not be the biggest NFL fan, but I get the prime part of the NFL season. I might not be the biggest NBA fan, but I get the season openers. I get the excitement, the rookies coming out playing their first games. I get to see the new look LeBron AD Lakers. This is the best time of the year. This is almost like when they say Christmas comes early. No, you heard Christmas in July or it's Christmas in August. For us sports fans, it's Christmas in October. And you get the anticipation of the college basketball season if you actually needed something else to make this month any better. This segment doesn't have a a punchline or an analogy or a deep breakdown. This segment is just to talk about how amazing October is, how much we should appreciate October if you are a sports fan. It's the best time of the year. October... Thank you. We appreciate you. There's three days out of the year, if I'm correct, where there's just nothing. It's like right after the NFL season's over, there's just there's just nothing for us on uh, baseball. There's no baseball. There's no football. And there's a couple days where there's no basketball. And it's just the most miserable time of my life. I remember going home when I was a kid and... Uh, on during this time of the year, I could go home. I could watch Sports Center. Rest in peace, Stuart Scott, Chris Berman. Could go and watch a playoff game because I was out of school early enough, or just didn't go to school that day. Who knows? Then I could watch football on the weekends. Basketball was starting up. At this time, you know, it was uh, the Big Three era in Boston. I had playoff performances. Lee, Hamels, some of those Yankee teams, you know, I couldn't stand them. October is just great, man. If you're into sports, this is your time of the year. Enjoy it. Don't go on Twitter and be, uh, what's, 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 what's my favorite word? Uh, uh, don't be stupid, stupid. Just enjoy October. Let's all enjoy October. As always, 
You can catch us here, YouTube, Spotify, Anchor. You can catch us on, excuse me, uh, you can hear me on uh, A&M Podcast, which will drop on Saturday. No Feelings Meetings will be back next week. No Feelings Boxing 90 Feet will return sooner than we think, but we don't have an exact date yet, so I can't give that out. And I appreciate anyone, as always, that has ever given me a view, a listen, time of the day. God bless you. Have a wonderful Thursday. We're back Friday with our picks for the weekend. And let's hope we have a week where we don't go two for five. Pray with me.